73rd episode of the Masterclass. My name is Cam, and I am joined by Dave. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> um, I, I don't. How does one respond to Shalom? And Shalom, shalom be upon you as well. Shalom. <laughs> shalom to you as well. I don't know. I took Greek, not Hebrew. Sorry. <laughs> Rachel would have had the right response. Maybe she can write in and tell us what the right response would be. Namaste. <laughs> you gonna go? Namaste. <laughs> Such a bad joke. I also I also realize that the only time I talk like I do in the intro is when I'm doing the intro to this show. It's all right. It's like my intro voice. Your intro voice. I feel like I need to drop it down in October two. Welcome to the master class. That might send the wrong vibes. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Kind of uh, Johnny Fever-ish. All right. Uh, I might be showing my age Or Venus Flytrap. I'm 0 for 2 on those references. <laughs> That's WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Got he was nothing. supposed to be Venus Rising. But then he panicked in the moment and said Venus flytrap on the air. Whoops. And so he became Venus flytrap. And that was the soulful black DJ that was on at night. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. And then Johnny was just the lovable stoner type DJ. Oh. It's what I thought Johnny Dare looked like for many years. Who's that? He's a DJ on 98.9 The Rock here in Kansas City. Oh, okay. But yeah. Johnny Johnny Dare is... Um, not his real name. Can't be. No, it's not his real name. He's a very cool guy, though. I'm not judging him. I'm just saying there's no way his name is Johnny Dare. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise his parents win everything. Okay, the best name is the IndyCar racer, Will Power. Oh, seriously? Was, yeah, Will Power. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. That thought, name could have so. gone really badly though. It could have. They named him like, you know, White or something <laughs> off, awful like that. Will Power though. That's pretty good. Yeah. And it's Power not Powers. No, it's Power. Will Power. That's pretty so I'm fantastic. Sure his name is William Power, but Yeah, but you know what his parents are going for. Exactly. So he that's goes awesome. and he's a, he's pretty good. So, well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't I, that makes me like 0 for 4, 0 for 5 on your references thus far. <laughs> We're off to how a old I am. Smashing start. But yes, this is episode 73. We are back in uh, a regular routine, and barring anything unforeseen, we should be in that regular routine for a while now. We should be, yes. which is exciting for us because that allows us to sort of plan and um, look forward to what we're going to be talking about instead of. <laughs> ad-libbing an entire show hey there's nothing wrong with that I i'm just saying that we've <laughs> we've had some time to to plan and we kind of have a the groundwork for you know the next few episodes late already so i'm looking forward to getting into back into the regular routine that you know the school year and the fall affords us yes so that being said uh, we have no follow-up yes which is okay i mean it's not terribly exciting, but 
It is okay. No funny pictures of Jesus this week. No. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. No, the audio pod or video podcast, that would have been funnier. Dave made a goofy face. <laughs> I describe it to you, but the moment is gone. It's fleeting. Guess you had to be there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I alone experienced that moment. <laughs> In the universe, I'm the only one. That makes me feel pretty special, Dave. Thank you for that. Anytime. All right, this is getting super weird. Um, anything that you want to talk about before we dive into today's passage? Well, under follow-up, you have in our show notes, nothing to see here, sad panda. And actually, the pandas are very happy because they've been taken off the endangered list. Well, certain types of pandas, right? The uh, giant pandas or whatever they're called. Yeah, the big the big black and white ones. What are those called? I think they're called giant pandas. Yes. Skadoosh. What people think of when they see panda mm-hmm. has been taken off the endangered list. They're still vulnerable, though, I saw. Yeah. Which I suppose is a step up. Yep, they're making steps in the right direction. And that is this week's conver- Conservation Corner. <laughs> I almost said Conversation Corner, which is not, not oh, kind of correct. randomness to start the show tonight. Well, you know, our our <laughs> minds are, are, you know, there's other things going on in the world. Absolutely. But yay for pandas. I do like pandas. Bamboo forests, beware. Yes. <laughs> we're doing so good. We're we're we're, we're definitely it's, on the verge of professional podcasting here. Yes, I guess this is what happens when you've been doing it for a while, and yeah, you just get this good. You're not nervous anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. I've not been nervous for a no, long I time. Know. I haven't either. So I don't know if that's that's probably an okay thing. It is. Yes. All right. Well, in spite of more silly banter, mm-hmm. perhaps we should move on to uh, our passage here in Matthew, where we're going to get to witness a little banter between Jesus and this is true the chief elders. Yes. How's that for a professional segue? That's beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. I might frame it later. <laughs> Haven't quite worked out how, but I'll let you know. Um, Do you want to read? Sure. So we're at Matthew 21, verses 23 through 27. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus Jesus answered them, "I I will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism, of John, the baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from men? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. All right, are you ready for a really sacrilegious um, metaphor here? Oh, I don't know. 
How familiar are you with Family Feud? Uh, I am familiar with Richard Dawson Family Feud. Was he the creepy and old not, guy that tried to kiss all the ladies? Yes. Don't like and him. And not the Steve Harvey. Is it Steve Harvey? Yeah, Steve he's Harvey. A genius. Guy. And he's funny. It's so good. But most of what I've seen his is kind of the goofy stuff that's like on YouTube versus. His reactions are priceless. Like, oh, I'm going to have to find the best that. of and put it in. And some of it probably won't be um, appropriate in quotes, but it's hysterical. It's so funny. Um, you know, Steve Harvey also has a good little. Intro like, to Jesus? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> These, the, the whole stadium goes nuts. It's very cool. And yeah, it's I got shown that in my Greek class in college, and I've probably seen it 10 or 12 times, and I still get like worked up watching it. <laughs> uh, anyhow, my, my metaphor was not specifically about Steve Harvey, but um, when Jesus asked them this question, and they all huddle together and talk about it, I... I Picture, picture of the family, family and family feud <laughs> talking, you know, and then they just throw out like the worst idea ever. There's, okay... I don't know if this I'll be able to find this exact video, but there is um That's a good visual though of what I yeah, I can see them all huddling and being <laughs> when they come yeah, back yeah, and just go yeah, yeah. pass. We don't know. <laughs> uh which I suppose is better than giving a ridiculous answer. Um but there was one family feud in particular where uh it's you know words that end in pork. Or sorry, uh words that begin with pork. So pork chop, pork chop, pork line, pork, pork loin, but yeah. southern, really, really thick southern accent. And they get to, you know, um, this one family How member. How many answers were there? Like four? No, there was like five. <laughs> no, there was five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So many more than four, Dave. So many. <laughs> and he goes, all right, whatever your name is, you know. Um, uh, tell me a word that begins with a pork. And he goes, Cupine. Oh, my. And Steve Harvey. It was on about, there, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. But <laughs> Steve Harvey, like, does the classic, like, he just body just goes numb. And he just can't. And he looks at him, and everyone in the crowd is laughing, and his family's all doing the, woo, great answer, like they do no matter what you say, even if they know you're an idiot. And he just goes, did you just say Cupine, like pork cupine. <laughs> he didn't realize that it was what it was. Uh, just everything about it was perfect. Everything about it was perfect. His reaction. Um, so I imagine while Jesus may not have reacted in that exact way to these elders when they said, We don't know, I imagine he had a very um wry smile on his face because he's like i know you know you just don't want to say it Mm -hmm. um so i just anyways for whatever reason as you it didn't even i didn't even think of it until you were reading it and i just got (laughs) struck with the oh they're like family feud huddling right now um so for whatever that's worth there that is yes but all right if we go back to um the beginning of the passage i think the elders are actually, like, they're asking a legitimate question. This dude is teaching in the temple. Yes. Which is not a place for novices or um, people without authority to teach. Like, the temple is the place where you go to make sacrifices to God and to get taught the Word of God. Like, you're not going to, you're not just going to walk into a church nowadays with zero, well, I shouldn't say. (laughs) They probably won't let you. Yeah, but you're not going to, 
you can't just walk on stage and start preaching a sermon without the requisite experience and knowledge, right? You would hope so, at least. Yes. And so when the chief elders and priests walk out and say, whoa, by what authority are you doing this stuff? And who gave this authority? Like, I think that's a legitimate question. You're teaching in the temple. We've heard all these stories about you. Explain uh, how and why you're doing this. Right. I got zero problem with that question. Absolutely. Um, which is why Jesus' response is a little weird to me. I'll also ask you a question. And if you can tell me the answer, then I will tell you the answer to the question you asked me first. And they go along with it. Yes. I'm so confused at this point. <laughs> I'd be like, time out, bro. I'm a chief priest in the temple that you're teaching in. You answer my question first. I'm pulling a rank, which is probably what he wanted them to do. Because that's, you know, the exact response that would show their true heart, really, of who do you think you are? Um, but I think on the surface of it, like I said, they're asking a legitimate question, and then he's the one that kind of mm-hmm. throws the curveball. And usually they're trying to trap him or trick him or get him to contradict himself or the law. And they seem on the surface to be coming at him straight like, just, we were t- what, what authority are you doing this on? Because you can't just come in here and start teaching. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, on what authority? Um, for the most of the time that I read this verse, I sort of equated the authority with kind of Jesus' question that he asked him later in terms of John the Baptist. Is he saying, is this from heaven or is this from man? And that was kind of the authority that I thought they were referring to with Jesus. Oh. But it, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I, in recent times of my life, last couple of years, few years, I've kind of had this realization of that the chief priests or the, the elders are going to have this perspective of who is your rabbi? Like they're saying, who, who taught you? Uh-huh. Um, and Rabbi Jake. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's this element of, okay, here Jesus shows up. Um, I think there's kind of a given that he teaches with authority. He teaches with wisdom. He teaches like people are hearing what Jesus says. And they marvel and they wonder at the authority with which he speaks. Like this is a repeated thing. Yeah. And so they're like asking each other going, who's this guy's rabbi? And as they're talking to each other and probably start researching who Jesus is, they start going, he doesn't have a rabbi. He doesn't have anybody that imparted this knowledge to him. Um, I think we talked about this a, an episode or two ago that uh, the priest would have come from uh, Aaron in the house, the, of Levi, the house yeah. of Levi, and Jesus was the house of Judah, the tribe of Judah. And so there's even that piece, too, of this guy isn't even the right tribe to be here in the, in the temple teaching with authority. So I remember just kind of having that revelation of just going, wow, there's, there's kind of multiple levels to this of, in terms of whose th- authority are you teaching under. And so maybe their question wasn't as innocent as I had assumed. Um, 
I, I, I think it's a genuine question. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. And I'm not saying I'm right, but. Well, you don't think there's a bit of, there could be an accusatory tone. If well, I think really there's an like, accusatory. Who's your rabbi, bro? Like, oh, sure. Okay. I think, I think there's a little bit of that, but I also think it's, there's, there's this, uh, just sort of, um, they've acknowledged that he's teaching with authority. There's, you know, what he is saying holds up. He's not saying things that people are like, this is not true. You're speaking blasphemy. I I really do. For the most part, they're like going, his teaching is solid. And so while there might be an accusatory element, I think there is that sense of how do you know what you know, if you haven't been trained, if you're not a Levite, if you're not, you know. So perhaps, perhaps the um, the the somewhat natural reaction of "Holy cow, that's amazing!" but I'm still really skeptical. Like the the, the tell me how you're doing this because this doesn't make sense that you can do that. That's sort of like awe and mm, skepticism you sure. have when you come across something that doesn't quite fit your mold for how things should be. Well, and he's definitely on their turf. I mean, he's definitely not where he belongs. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I can relate to that if I think somebody's stepped beyond their bounds and they're not, hey, you're not the authority here. Hey, you don't have the right to be speaking the way you're speaking. I get that. I mean, calling somebody out on that. So, uh, the second piece is, is why did Jesus respond with a question of his own? And I don't um, claim to be an authority on this topic, but my understanding, and again, this is a relatively new revelation for me, is, is that for the Jews in the temple, when they are in a debate on things, it is perfectly acceptable, if not normal, to respond with a question. That is kind of the practice of the Socratic method, if you will. Well, kind of, not really. Never mind. The Hebraic, that. the Hebraic Jew method. I don't know. <laughs> the Hebraic priest. The method. HJM. It's the H- classic. <laughs> so yeah, so so I think him asking a question in response to them is not completely. Like they wouldn't, I don't think they'd have been offended by that or taken back by that. I think that would have been a normal um, banter, an appropriate. Could you imagine if we did that on a regular basis now? Drives me uh, crazy. Would you like fries with that? Well, let me ask you a question first. What's the square root of two? <laughs> Only then will I tell you if I want fries with that. <laughs> I realize a ridiculous application, but just consider. Never mind. That's a, that's a really dumb thought trail. I, I've had a really other dumb one that I'll mention later. <laughs> I'm going to write it down so I don't forget, but we're going to save that to the end of the show because it's totally not important. Um, So you don't think it's weird that he responded with a question? Or not out of place, I should say. It's not out of place. And again, I don't claim to be an expert on this topic. But I do understand. I do believe that um, Jewish Jewish debating 
in the earliest uh, days of uh, when Jesus was around, that answering a question in that, yeah, answering a question with a question was not, uh, you are not being a smart, you know. Alec. Yeah, you weren't being a smart Alec. You weren't. Um, trying to offend somebody you weren't trying to, but you had to have, at the same time, you had to have a good question. You had to have like sort of a valid in context sort of question, which I do believe Jesus does here because ultimately his question is about authority as well. It's about, yeah. So I think, yeah, his question being about authority, I think leads us to the next point of trying to get, these um, elders and chief priests to admit where true authority comes from. When he says, you know, did John's authority come from heaven or from man? And he puts, for once, he's putting them in a tough place. And we can see by their response that they don't handle the tough place nearly as well as he does. Um, So to counter their question about authority, he says... Um, the baptism of John, where did it come from, from heaven or from man? And they got in their family feud huddle and they discussed it. And they say, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? So we can't say that because we're going to paint ourselves in a bad light. But if we say from man, we're afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So if we say the first thing, we're going to look bad and like we don't, you know, understand scripture and God. But if we say the other thing, we run the risk of losing face in front of all the people that kind of hold us in the position we have. And they don't know what to do. So they turn and do what's quite possibly the worst thing and say, we don't know. (laughs) Which I think just makes them look like idiots. Yes. I would absolutely agree. And so you have to believe that Jesus knows exactly what he's doing here. Mm -hmm. He can see past the legitimate question to them trying to perhaps put him in his place or perhaps try and get him to say something, um, you know, and they're not doing it as, as they usually have in the past, but he sees, as is explained in other places in scripture, he can see the um, intent or the um, state of their hearts and realizes what they're trying to do. And so he pulls a fast one on them and asks them a question, knowing that they're either going to have to admit that they were wrong or they're going to have to, um, tell the people a lie or they're going to have to tuck tail and run, which is what they choose to do, which I think is really sad because it's an opportunity for these people to admit they made a mistake. And I imagine that Jesus would have reacted in a very compassionate way to them for admitting, yeah, it, it came from heaven. We made a mistake. Yep, We were wrong. Because anytime anyone does that in Scripture, Jesus is immediately compassionate and immediately is forgiving and immediately is an embracing of those people. Yes. And so while he may be trying to pull a fast one, he's also offering them an olive branch, saying, just own up to it, mm-hmm. and all is forgiven. That's all you got to do is just own up to it. And they don't do that. No. And one of the things that I learned in in preparing for tonight was that um, John the Baptist was pretty well accepted. Like, and I, I, 
Even though he's kind of a crazy guy living out there in the wilderness, <laughs> eating locusts <laughs> with hairy cloth and, hair, and honey. Yeah, I, I mean, I really had never really spent much time learning about John the Baptist and didn't spend an inordinate amount of time doing it this for the preparation of this, but everything I could find basically was this sort of acknowledgement of that John the Baptist was a man of God, um, that uh, he was respected by many, and uh, there's sort of this sense of there's a good chance that a lot of the people that are here dealing with Jesus right now were baptized by John the Baptist. Uh, including Jesus himself. Including Jesus himself. Now, there's nothing that you can draw an exact that this priest or this elder was baptized by Jesus and he was there. Uh, but people that are much smarter than I am and who have studied this in depth arrive at that sort of conclusion that, um, you know, when Jesus brings up John the Baptist, he's sort of bringing up this, uh, you know, there's not a lot of controversy around him. And, uh, I'm going to speak out of a little bit of ignorance here, but the fact that we're at Matthew 21, I'm going to assume that John the Baptist is probably already dead, but I don't know that factually can't say with without reservation and so i do not know i don't know but i'm guessing that he was dead this far into the into the book and you, you think about somebody that dies for what they believe in king herod was not revered by the religious folks and so here's a guy that has died at the king at king herod and i'm guessing that probably only added to his legitimacy to his sort of reputation and so um so yeah good for jesus and the fact that he's kind of drawing on a uh he's got a pretty solid um um drawing a blank here but he's he's drawing from a very solid uh example for them to answer this question because if they're honest pretty quickly they're probably going to say this guy's from god but they realize that that's a catch-22 for them if they say that. Indeed, but they didn't know it was a catch-22 because that book hadn't been written yet. Nope. <laughs> I wonder what their name for it was. Don't know. Well, this is a, a... rock in a hard place. Mm. <laughs> Something like, I'm yoked with an ox walking in the other direction. <laughs> We're at a standstill. Going in circles. Mm, indeed. All right, so his response to their uh, weak answer of we do not know is, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So, makes sense, right? They've got a question. He says, first, you've got to answer my question. <laughs> they don't answer his question, so he doesn't tell him the answer. Seems fair. My question, though, is, does he not tell them the answer to their question because they were unwilling to admit their sin or that they were wrong. Um, but aren't those also the people that, that need him the most? Hmm. Like, I feel like he should have told him anyways. Good point. You know? Yeah. Like, I realize that you didn't answer the question, but I still am going to tell you why I'm doing this because you people need to get over yourselves and realize by what authority I do this. And maybe he felt like 
everything he'd done up to that point was proof positive of the authority that it did have. You know, obviously I wasn't there and obviously I'm not privy to, uh, you know, his internal thoughts, but it just seems like of all the people that need to know, the self-righteous are at the top of the list. Yeah, and just an initial thought on that, I guess, is sort of the um, probably do need him the most. But there's got to sort of be this step towards Jesus. And the step toward Jesus would probably be humility. And I think even in the fact of, well, we don't know. They could have been humble in that, but they weren't. It was more of a, um, unfortunately, or unfortunately for them, Jesus probably knows what their thought process is and plays it to his advantage. Unfortunately for all of us. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think he's aware that there's no humility involved in that. I don't know because, because Oh, it's all self-preservation for sure. Yeah. Right. There's no humility there. Cause as a whatsoever. Christian, there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with saying, Jesus, I don't know. Show me. But there, I don't know, was like you said, self-preservation. There was not, there was not this humility to it. It was, no, it was totally prideful because they wanted, or they wanted, by admitting they didn't know, they somehow thought that was protecting their position, as opposed to admitting they're wrong or lying. They took the agnostic path of, <laughs> I'm not sure, which it could be or could not be, just you know, makes them look silly. So. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say that they need him the most. But even in that, I definitely believe that there's an element of sort of humility and in, in making that movement towards Jesus, which I don't think they were really willing to do. I think that right there, the, you know, the, the gift that, that God has of forgiveness and us, you know, taking a step to receive it. Like that is something that I always struggle with because God loves everyone <laughs> and everyone can be saved, but like there has to be that conscious choice on our part to say, yeah, I see the reality of my situation as best as I can see it. And I know as best as I can know that I'm a sinner Mm-hmm. And that I need to be saved. And the only way that I can be saved is through Christ, not through, you know, like there has, to, those steps have to happen. And I think as someone, you know, who has, has, you know, crossed over that little bridge or, you know, wh- however you want to phrase it, or someone who is crossing over, um, I always want to be like, can't we just like, throw a rope and lasso some people and pull them across. Like, just get over here. Trust me. You'll like it. You'll like it once you're, you know. Um, and so when I see him just say, all right, I'm not going to answer your question. Have a nice day. I'm just kind of like, oh, man, you missed an opportunity to, you know, remove the veil. Mm-hmm. But this whole, not even concept, but this whole reality of choice in life is, I think, far more serious than I have been um, uh, willing to admit, I think. Um, Like, the decisions that I make, whether they're godly decisions or sinful decisions, 
each of those decisions is a choice that I intentionally make. And those decisions carry weight. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, the decision of the elders and chief priests to totally try and just get out of the situation without taking too much damage was a choice for self-preservation and pride as opposed to a choice of humility and admittance. And from that standpoint, then, yeah, I think that Jesus' response is justified. It's just, uh, I think, my my upbringing um, in the church, just saying, like, but Jesus was a nice guy and being a Christian is about being a nice guy and all that stuff. And it's, that's not really, you know, how, how it works. And you, you reap what you sow as is the Bible says. And if we are unwilling to make good choices, then we can't expect to make bad choices and still be rewarded as if we had made good choices. And while that seems rather binary um, and doesn't really perhaps take into account God's grace, um, which is a huge thing, it's just something that I'm trying to work through. Of Why did Jesus at this point say, nope, okay, we're done here, where in other situations... Uh, well, I'm reminded of the point where he uh, he's talking to the woman and pretty much says that she's a dog and she's not worthy to eat the table. But she says, I mean, he, even the dogs eat the crumbs. Yeah. And then he stops and goes, OK, she gets it. Like he said something. Offensive. And she totally took it in stride and in humility said, but even the dogs, as you said, get the scraps from the table and immediately. He had compassion and stopped and told everyone what grace base she had. And so I just, how do we, how do we uphold that sort of um, veracity? Nope, that's not the right word. Um, how do we, how do we uphold that sort of strong stance for the truth? in the way that he did, where he's willing, he holds it, he holds it, he holds it, and then the second you admit that you need it, all of a sudden, like, it it seems, I don't know, it just seems difficult, like, how, how do you, how do you encompass that? How do you, how do you live that way? Because I am, I mean, People aren't my favorite, but I think generally I'm a really nice guy. I think so. I treat people with respect. Uh, I'm nice to people. I help people out. I'm still incredibly selfish, but like overall, I'm a nice guy. And in in that moment where Jesus is like, "All right, I'm done," I'd be like, "Oh, I know you answered wrong, but please, please, please!" Like, I would want to. I wouldn't have the restraint. I don't think. Or I'd pull the opposite and be like, you get the out of my temple or I'm going <laughs> to you up, you know? So I just, I'm confused. Hopefully that is what's coming across here in the midst of my ramblings. I just don't get how he does what he does. He's mystifying to me. 
Yeah, and the only thought that just comes to my mind is is that he sees beyond that outward sort of facade that we put out there and sees to the heart and knows where people really are, where for us that's far more difficult to do. And um, I guess ultimately I'm I'm grateful that it's not my place to do. Um, so yeah, I just I think he just has he has more information than we have, and and ultimately I think it's that heart condition and where is somebody truly at? Because I even think about like the rich young ruler that came to him and um. He saw much more than just the right answer. He saw the heart condition. Because I think there are other people that could come to him and say much of what the rich young ruler said and said, and kind of answered them, then great, by grace you're saved, and I'm going to let you into the kingdom of heaven. So, and I don't know that I really have the answer, but that's just sort of my initial kind of gut reaction to that is. I think he has more information that we do. And again, I sure hope he has more information see, than we do. Can see to that heart condition that we just can't yeah. see to. Well. It goes by very fast. It does. I'm more surprised. That does, friends, dearest listeners, bring us to the end of the 73rd edition of the masterclass and we are so glad that you listened it really does uh still um a year and nine months later yeah pretty close still kind of blows our mind that we make this and we put it on the internet and people listen that's just really cool (laughs) (laughs) and and not even that people respond and and you guys and ladies you send in your thoughts and you send in questions and you send in funny photos this is all really, really cool, and we would love uh, if you guys would keep doing that because it gives us something uh, new and exciting and unexpected to look forward to every episode. And yes. uh, quite often, the questions um, or responses you guys have cause us to think um, and contemplate stuff from a totally different perspective that we haven't considered before, yes. which is uh, great for us because we get to learn and you know, great for other listeners because they get to hear your perspective and your experience and your wisdom as well. And we all get to learn and we all get to grow. And that's just really awesome. It's yep. one of the really cool things about the internet. So if you would like to share um, either a question or a response or really, frankly, anything else, you can do that uh, in a few very simple ways. You can email us, hello at supermegacorp.net. You can message Dave on Twitter. He's at 10.8HBO, where 8 is the only number, and I am at Cam Brennan. You can also get the show notes for this episode in your podcast app of choice and also at supermegacorp.net slash masterclash. No, not masterclash, slash masterclass slash 7-3. And we'll be back next week with episode 74. See you then. Okay, post-show, real quick. So the dumb idea I had earlier when you were asking <laughs> when um, you were, like, uh, pretending to be the, the elders, and they're like, who's your rabbi? How cool would it if you had been, like, my rabbi's Rabbi T? And it's, <laughs> so it spells rabbit, first of all. So it's, like, a Hasidic, what I'm viewing, and I know they weren't Hasidic Jews back then. I'm, I'm, I'm mashing a lot of ideas here, is a 
<laughs> Hasidic Jew, instead of but instead of the curly hair, he's got rabbit ears, and he also looks like Mr. T. But he's got he's got the like, <laughs> he has rabbit ears and he looks like Mr. T. Well, okay, so Rabbi T. So he's got the gold chains and he's got kind of the mohawk, you know, and maybe his uh, um, tunic has no sleeves because he's got big guns. <laughs> but instead of you know the traditional curls, he's got the rabbit ears too. There's a reason why I didn't say this during the show. <laughs> Because it would have completely derailed any chances we had of of discussing anything serious, but uh, I figured as a as our very first ever post show topic, Rabbi T would be the way to go. So anyone that's listening to this point, first of all, congratulations. Secondarily, if you're still listening and you have the time and the desire to create an image for Rabbi T, uh, let your artistic license run. And uh, we would love to see if anyone out there can come up with a compelling version of uh, an image of Rabbi T. That would be wonderful. Yes. All right. Bye now. Bye.